Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 420. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to, coming out September 16th, 2020. Ah, <sighs> 2020. Keeps getting worse. But then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're bringing you not a trading policy, but this is an offshoot from last month's monthly look back where we read Firepower number one. And upon reading Firepower number one, we realized that there was a whole original graphic novel that took place before it. Not a zero issue, a literal, like, full graphic novel. So we sat down and we read that. Uh, written it feels by, like a trading policy. feels like a trade. It's not, though. Are we sure? Very sure, because John didn't want to lose his trading policy uh, to this, even though it's like, we, we can do whatever we want. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. Uh, written by Robert Kirkman, you may know him from Walking Dead, Battle Pope, or Invincible, with art by perennial bagging board favorite, Chris Sandman. Guys. Yes. It, it's, I talked it a lot. A I was going to throw it over to us. But usually it was Paul a good read. To, like the like the Pierce stuff. S- Paul, save it. Oh, right, because we got to sip it first. And by it, I yeah. mean beer. Yeah. And Paul, what are you drinking, bud? I'm drinking uh, because I am on call for work again, so I can't drink heavily. Uh, I am drinking a 4% beer. This is Dogfish's he- Dogfish Heads, uh, slightly mighty, low-cal IPA. This is a, a 95-calorie beer with, I don't know why they put carbs in there, you know, on there, but 3.6 carbs. Um, yeah, and it's only 4%, and it's one of the ones in this line of just beers that, you know, just have that little bit of the IPA-ness to it. They're not tropical. It's just got a little bit of that piney bite, that resiny bite. Uh, it's decent. It brings some good flavor to it, but, you know, it's, I could get the, like I've been saying, I could drink the, um... Athletic Brewing Company's, you know, non-alcoholic IPA and get about the same amount of flavor. You could have uh, an all-day IPA from Founders. And, and get, yeah. Get but but amount, is it a, a good stuff. stand-in? It's or, a good stand-in. If you find it and you don't like, you know, the beers that I keep on listening, then you, and you want, you're still looking for it, then go ahead, pick this up. But for now, I really think Harpoon is the leader in these, like, low-calorie beers with that uh, Fantasy League pack. They're, um, everything out of there except for Rec League was great. Like, um, and Rec League's... I, Rec like, League's in the Rec same League's league. not... It's, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not bad, but those other beers were far superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Lagunitas Daytime. I think it's the one that's the most like an IPA mm-hmm. for the 4%. Yeah, kind of those 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 low carb low low beers. Mm-hmm. I've had I haven't had that in forever, but I remember enjoying it. But I mean, it's hard for me to go against Founders All Day IPA because it's just it's just a great drinkable IPA. As it like the fact that it's a session just makes it even better. Uh, locally uh, today, and not now, but today I had a little bit of the Woodcock Brothers New Experimental. IPA was on draft at a place I went to after disc golfing. Um, 
No, it was just called, they had it listed as just Woodcock Brothers Experimental IPA series. I don't know which number it is in the series, when it was released, the IPA, the uh, alcohol by volume, anything. Uh, but it was very, like, tropical fruit flavor, like, more like a pie, not paella. Paella? Is that a tropical fruit? Papaya. 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 That's it. Paella is Papaya. Paella, yeah. That's a rice and seafood dish, yeah. So, yeah. Papaya. I mean, this this tropical IPA has a lot of saffron in it. I knew it wasn't right, but I was searching for the word. You you Um, were close. Yeah. But it was like the kind of aquava paella. (laughs) Paella, but not paella. Can't do it. Uh, Paya. Right? Papaya? Papaya. Papaya. Hey. Sounds sounds like a move from, uh, from Street Fighter, you know? Papaya! Yeah, Chun Li does that one. Yeah. So, it was good. It wasn't great, but I, I enjoyed it. The visual added it. Because Paul, like, I didn't know what he was going to do with his hands, but the he got his fist really close together and then did a little, like, one two with it. Papaya! Chun Li. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you throw a punch. That's how I learned from uh, Firepower. We'll learn. Uh, he we'll hit the, he hit the there light later punch on. movie. Like, yeah. movie. Light, light punch button. It's the thing, John. Oh man! You know, give a give you a little papaya. <laughs> a little paella. What are you drinking? Uh thank you for that, Paul. Uh, I am drinking from Munich, Germany. The Polliner Hefeweizen. This is a Munich wheat beer. This comes in at, uh, we'll say... I don't see the alcohol per volume. Um, This is a nice German wheat beer. Really enjoyable. Uh, Goes down nice. Polliner right now is making uh, my favorite Oktoberfest beer. Um, so I've said, Hey, this is a new one that we haven't carried in a long time. I know it's fresh that it just came in. So let's drink, uh, the Sefeweizen. Uh, oh, five and a half percent found it. Um, yeah, it's just a nice beer. Um, I asked Chris what beers he was doing and I tried to mirror those. So we're both having a Hefeweizen. And Chris's beer is nice too, I heard. Uh, mine's also a five and a half percent Hefeweizen. Uh, local beer. This is coming from Castle Church Brewing, and I've been going back and forth on like the next time you guys come down, like going to Castle Church, and I think I've had more hits than misses from there because um, everything I've had, and this is like on the lower tier of their beers. Um, this is a nice, drinkable Hefeweizen. Like, there's nothing great about it, though. Uh, I think I put it at like a three on on tap, which is for me again, that's just barbitory beer. Like, yeah, it's drinkable. There's nothing great about, but there's nothing bad. Like I am already like at the bottom of my, my crawler can of this. I have no issues finishing it. Um, It's just not as good as their other beers, which if that's the only negative thing you can say about a brewery, I think it's worth stopping by castle church. Next time you guys come down, um, so we'll hit up there, sideward. And there's another brewery um, kind of out past the airport that it looks like they have a lot of really good stuff. I haven't been by there yet. Um, it's on my list of places to go. It's called Ellipsis Brewing. 
I, I really want to check it out. So I might do that over the next week and see if it's worth stopping by. But uh, I was going to go to Sideward today because they were releasing a triple IPA. It's the first one that they've ever done to drink on the show today. But I already have two other IPAs from Sideward. And I was like, I don't want to just like completely burn out my tongue. So I had to take my girlfriend home last night. Uh, she spent the past couple days with me and I was like, oh, I'm already out here. So I stopped at Castle Church, which is a couple miles away. And I had their German hazy IPA, which was absolutely fantastic. But again, I didn't want to drink another IPA on the show today. So I just had that last night when I was playing video games. But yeah, Castle Church, really great beer. I want to try their food too, because it's all like German stuff. They have like potato pancakes, uh, currywurst, like uh, Mm, something I want to check out. Nice. Yeah, I there's only a few I I enjoy half of Eisen's. There's only a few that I would say like are my have to haves um for the style. Like I think all almost all half of Eisen's are usually all solid drinkable beers. But there's none I really want to like write home about. Um, but Franz and Sconer, another German wheat beer, I think is really good. But it's a German wheat beer, but they use lager yeast in it, which totally changes the beer. And um, Two Roads makes a rye Hefeweizen. Ooh. And that's, I mean, that it just has a little more character because of that. I might like that, because I'm not a big fan of Hefeweizens. See, I, I, really I, I like stomach weird. Well, I like Hefeweizens, but there's nothing stand out about any of them. And I'm actually just trying to do some research now the highest i've put any heffy at let me sort by uh rating i think is probably like a three and a half because it's just a nice drinkable beer you just hate them then huh? i don't i don't hate them like that's good i mean okay when i search uh hefeweizen schoferhofer comes up yeah. Oh, that's like a four and a half right there. That's a 4.75. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have the pomegranate one at 4.75, the regular grapefruit at 4.25. I don't consider four, those. 4.25? Oh, those. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, well that, uh, we've talked about the ratings before. Uh, but again, like Gold Road, uh, Hefeweizen, 3.25. Sea Dog, I put it at a three. Funky Buddha's, three and a half. Brauhaus. Alan Norbidus from Algauer. John, that's probably one you brought to us because I had it in 2015. I put that at 2.25. Resurgences, I put it at a three. It's not a type of beer that I go to just to, to get something. I, but even the like the best of them, I don't consider that a Hefeweizen because it's more of like just like a fruited yeah. wheat beer. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you this. Next time you're out and you see Franz and Sconer on tap, Grab it. I think you'll be really happy. Uh, because when I had a chance to brew with Tim Herzog from Flying Bison, and Paul, that was the beer I had at our Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. It was, was uh, I basically asked to make a clone of Franz and Sconer, except it came out 7% and drank it like it was 4 and got me blackout drunk. It was, was a good fun. time. That was the time, Paul, that your wife came and gave me a glass of water because I needed water. 
And I I thought yeah. in my head, well, it'd be really funny if I just poured out in front of her and said, thank you. And I did that. And I did think it was funny. Except he didn't really say blah, thank you. Blah, blah. Blah. <laughs> uh, but guys, how about... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just mentioned that on the show like did three episodes ago, so I didn't feel like telling the we? story again. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> is Blackout drunk then, too? <laughs> Where we Anyways, yeah. uh, let's head back out to the news garden. Uh, oh, the news garden. And it's just filled with sad news this week. Uh, Biggest news that we we haven't talked about yet is the passing of Chadwick Boseman. I know it's been a few weeks, but it's been a few weeks since we recorded. Uh, a lot of tributes going out. Uh, I, I was really sh- surprised that ABC re re aired the Black Panther and then a live uh, like a tribute. Did you guys happen to catch that tribute at all on ABC? I, it was I didn't. I don't watch TV. I know the tributes available to stream online, mm-hmm. um, but. I, I haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't able to find it readily available for me. Who also I don't I don't have TV, um, and I didn't see it. Like I didn't see it pop up on Hulu. It might be there, but I wasn't officially looking looking for it. It might be on Disney Plus because it was on ABC. And they ran it, with, and they did run Black Panther uh, commercial free too, which I'm. I'm kind of sad about the fact that we have to talk about Black Panther in an upcoming upcoming, uh, great Marvel movie retrospective now because I don't think it's going to be different watching. Yeah, I don't think it's going to like have the same like feeling talking about it now. And then even later on down the road when we get to something like Infinity War and like it's it's going to kind of sting a little bit. And like the one thing about Chaz, um, blah, I'm. Thank you. I I was having a, my t- papaya. Papaya um, is like for I think Black Panther, for the Avengers, for all those movies, he had this cancer and went through it all, and he was also like, I guess he told his wife that. Uh, well, I'm probably going to beat this soon, and then I can't wait to get into shape to do the next Black Panther movie. Like he he continued to think positive that he was gonna that the cancer wasn't going to beat him, that he was going to beat the the cancer, and I th- I think that was just kind of a something special about him that everybody says he had something, and he uplifted everyone that he was around, and he always kind of stayed positive about this life threatening disease that he had or sickness and that's something because i'm i'm bad at watching movies so i only really know him from black panther uh, but in recent pictures of him it seemed like he was really trim like he had you know lost a lot of weight but i assume that was probably just oh yeah preparing for a role like i mean you see an actor like uh Oh my gosh, Christian Bale like like gain and drop ninety pounds for a role. Like I, I didn't think anything of it, and it came out that the only people that knew were his immediate family and then also his agent. Uh, so this was all just you know keep a secret because he didn't want to affect anything. Uh, and it's impressive because man, to go back and 
just think about his uh, portrayal of, you know, T'Challa in those movies while he's struggling with this, like you had no idea. Like it didn't weigh on that acting at all. Yeah, and how fit he looked. Like he didn't, you know, he was built. He was muscular. He was toned. He he looked great. Like, uh, and then yeah, like you said, all the pictures of him and uh, it came out that people were giving him, you know, uh, backlash on Instagram when he was like, there were pictures of him looking really skinny, and he he just shut it right down that Instagram down. Well, and that's the thing too, because a lot of people were saying like, oh, he's so tired of people asking him to do the Wakanda Forever salute now. Like, you can see he's just over it when he's in pictures. So it's like, well, no, he's probably just struggling with being up and moving around. Yeah, that I mean, day. who knows if that day he had chemo or yeah. he's just in a lot of pain or he just doesn't feel good. There's there's so many factors for that. Yeah. <clears throat> he's just such a, he was such a bright spot in the uh, MCU universe and seeing, you know, we're really hoping to see what was going to come out from it. Uh, with him involved, like he was geared up to be like the new Captain America. He was the new heart and soul of the team. It was, seemed like it was going to be, and to lose him, uh, you know, to, it, it, it's hard. It's going to be difficult to watch those movies, like we've already said. Yeah, and I, like even I don't remember what episode number it was, but if you go back and listen to our Captain America Civil War, like great Marvel movie retrospective, Black Panther's like one of the best things coming out of that movie, like coming out of it, you're excited to see, you know, superheroes butting heads. Because, you know, comic book fans, like, that's just something that kind of gets you, like, that guided boner missile going. But coming out, I was like, man, Spider-Man and Black Panther are, like, two great things that, like, they launched out of that movie. And it's gonna be weird and different. Um, And I think i mean it's something that's kind of worth talking about for us because it's you know relevant to our our brand and what we like where do you see black panther going from here on out because i know a lot of people have said well shuri's the obvious choice have her step into the role and that was like kind of one of those first thoughts that i had where i'm like okay well they're already working on black panther too which of, mm-hmm. of course things are going to have to change I don't want them to recast this role at all. Like, I don't think anybody should step into that role. And I don't think anybody would want to, but I'm kind of afraid of them kind of going the CG princess Leia route. Like I don't want them to have that passing of the torch. I want that to all be done like off screen somehow. I'm, I'm not a storyteller. I just don't want them to ruin the legacy and, you know, disparage the character and the actor by doing something the wrong way. It deserves emotional weight to be in the story because the actors involved are going to feel it, Mm -hmm. that emotional weight. And uh, us as the audience, we've already said how different it is going to watch the movies he was in. It's, he's going to be a looming presence. His, his absence is going to be a looming presence, if that makes sense. Yeah. In Black Panther 2 whether or not they try to just sugarcoat it like in, or just like gloss over it. it. It's going to be more, you know, more that absence is going to be bigger felt if they don't like harness it. I, I think, it. I think Marvel's going to be respectful of it. And I think having his sister step into that role is a great one. 
And I think something where they could possibly in some way bring back Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger and have him trying to then like live up to T'Challa to be more of that hero, find mm. that way because maybe something he did brought him back and now he feels like he owes it to T'Challa to do that. Because I yeah. think he could he could pay homage has- towards towards him by playing him. But I I think Shiri is the perfect spot. Because even when they were saying like, oh, she could be um, not Iron Man, but Iron um, Iron Forge, Ironheart. Ironheart. Like, I could Ironheart, see her yeah. being that character and being charismatic and being great. I could see her as Black Panther doing that. Um, but yeah, that's the only other thing is I could see Michael B. Jordan. One, because if you read um, that that post that he put up about how he felt about um, Chadwick Boseman. It was amazingly heartfelt. And he was there at the memorial service where there's a great picture of him and Chadwick's wife, like holding each other. Like he's somebody who cared about that person and would want to show his respect for what he had done. It's it's real sad. Um, And I didn't even know the guy like, but it's, I was watching Mulan because it was the day that it had launched on Disney Plus for like the premiere access. And one of my coworkers sent me a text that was like, Black Panther died. And I had to like pause the movie while I was doing the research. And all night, literally like the only news stories you could find was like, yeah, Chadwick Boseman passed away due to cancer. Like, yeah, it was so that, shocking. That, that was it. Like, and every single story was just the same information because the family and he had just kept everything so close to the chest that there just wasn't any other information out there and available. Like, yeah, I saw it on his Instagram. It was posted or uh, Twitter, his Twitter. And it was, you know, his family put up a thing and I was like, this, this can't be it. Like, so yeah. It, and then I watched uh, him doing Saturday night live clips and you know, his <laughs> the Jeopardy one is absolutely yeah, the Jeopardy one. Uh, when they're going into the, like, I think it was for a commercial where they're trying to get into the studio, but it's, you know, locked. And he's like, oh, do you have a vibranium key? You got some vibranium? I think it'll open. The-. He's like, I'm, that's a movie. I don't have vibranium. It's like, ah, you got vibranium. <laughs> uh, which was funny. Uh, and then also, because I'm a big fan, I like the Jimmy Fallon show. He was on Jimmy Fallon uh, after Black Panther came out. And they brought audience members to like tape video, tape oh, a video yeah, message for yeah. Chadwick Boseman to say how much they th- th- that movie meant to them and uh, his his portrayal of Black Panther. And uh, he was, of course, just behind the other you know uh, side of a sheet, and he would come out like in the middle of them talking. And that was heartbreaking to watch, knowing that he was gone. Like Kate made me turn it off. She's like, "You're making me cry too hard right now. This is we we can't watch this." And I'm like, "All right." Yes, it was, you know, because he was yeah. so giving, you know, in the, that moment. And I, I have to imagine, like, there's nothing out there that leads me to believe he wasn't that giving to all his fans at every moment. So. What were we talking about other than sad, sad? Uh, I mean, we talked about Papyrus <laughs> and Paella. Um, but to move on, the only other thing that I really have uh was something that john sent to us because we got our first full trailer for 
the Dune movie, um, which will be coming out this year or next year. I don't know. Movies are weird now. I It's hard to pay attention to them because there's no news about movies because everything's just like push back, push back, push back. And this yeah, is normally Wonder Woman's being pushed back to Christmas now. And this is normally the time of year we'd be doing our movie, like summer movie blockbuster bracketbuster. Uh, but there's no movies coming out. Like the only big releases we've had were New Mutants and Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet or Tenet Tenet. Tenet. I don't know how pronunciation. Tenet. I haven't seen it. Yet. But uh, New Mutants made seven million dollars uh, its opening weekend. Tenet did Tenet. twenty million. 20.2 million. Which, again, uh, we this for was Labor like, Day weekend isn't horrible because uh, the top grossing Labor Day weekend opener was is only at 40 million. And I'm forgetting, I had that information in my head. I don't have it anymore. Well, okay. Johnny, if you want to say well, something I, smart, yeah, if you want to look it up, also still on Ted had come out. But see, that's. That was released onto streaming first, and I think it's available in some, some markets. Some markets it was in theaters, and I think in theater. I think like three but, days, like, New Mutants, three and, days after it had released in theaters, then it was on VOD, something like that. But it did launch in theaters first, I, I believe. It's it's such a weird time because we have stuff coming out on like video on demand and theater, and the fact that Tenet made. 20 million and that's like wow look at this it's like yeah but 20 million is is nothing especially for you know christopher nolan like blockbuster holy crap you have to see this movie and it's that's just how it's gonna be and there's i don't think anything else coming out for a while still i mean my local theaters here it's all oh you can go see et back to the future jurassic park like they're putting out older movies just because they have to have something playing that people might be like, oh, hey, we, you know, we've never seen Jurassic Park on the big screen. Let's go pay, like, I think it's like five bucks to go see. Well, it also seems know. like Spielberg has something to do with that. Because. <laughs> Give me the money! It was the 2007's Halloween. Had a gross of uh, that weekend, it looks like 30 million. So 2007s, and then uh, it was Possession is number two, Tenant is number three. For yeah, but Labor Day weekend, super opens. low for a uh, uh, just a movie Nolan, today for a Christmas movie, but for a Christmas movie. Thank you, Paul. I couldn't think of his name. Oh, uh, other talking about directors that I can't uh, say the name of, and also news. Uh, Del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro uh, is not going to be doing Haunted Mansion. I oh, mean, I mean, I could have told you that like five, ten <laughs> years ago because that movie was announced and after that, like nothing else. It was just like him like, oh yeah, I, I want to do this movie. But apparently like, there's a whole new creative team coming into it. He is. It's by the, the director. He is doing okay. Pinocchio though. Live action Pinocchio with guess who? Ron, Ron Perlman. Is it the guy that... No. no uh, Tom I'm Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah. Paul's favorite. Uh, it's going to be directed by... Uh, I'm not getting the information about the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. 
uh, by the same woman that did the, they directed the Heat and the new Ghostbusters, the all female. Oh, uh, f- uh, not the Paul one Fick. that we're waiting for. That's coming out still. No, that's the producer. Uh, Paul yeah. Fick directed it. Yeah, oh, he directed it. Yeah, and then the writer. Okay, the Heat. I don't know if that mean Melissa McCarthy's going to be in it because I do not like her. Writer Katie Di- Diablo Diablo is going to be, I guess, the writer of the Haunted Mansion. She did the Heat. She did uh, episodes of Parks and Rec and Ghostbusters. Okay, well, you have my attention. Uh, oh, something I didn't come prepared with, but just announced today, uh, we're going to be getting another Parks and Rec reunion. Oh, uh, this one also going to be another fundraiser, raising money for. Uh, like the Wisconsin Democratic Party. Um, it's going to be a virtual town hall meeting. No other details, really, but I'm really hoping they do this almost like a Pawnee town hall meeting where they just have people come on, like fan source questions where you just have, you know, Johnny Smith from Nowheresville, USA, come on to ask like some random question and then like ad lib the you know, your Pawnee Parks Department has to like, answer the question. I think, I think that could be fun if they go that route, but who knows what's going to be. I really enjoyed their reunion special that they did to benefit the food banks. Um, more Parks and Rec is always going to be a, a fantastic thing. So, oh, The Princess Bride cast is getting re- getting back together. Or Hosted by Pat together. Yeah, uh, and did a table read for uh, the Wisconsin... Democratic primary uh, party association. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the specifics of it because yeah. I don't live in Wisconsin. But <laughs> did we? But ha- I did. But Dune, Dune. Oh yeah, yeah, Dune. Dune. I forgot. Directed by that person. The person I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's French. Paul, you have movie stuff up. I hope you can have it there. No, um, I have movie stuff up. Okay. This looks really good. It still looks like Dune. I think this could be a good retelling uh, of it. Updated. Dennis Villeneuve. It, yeah, it means uh, the new village. He's a, Canadian, a French Canadian film director. Thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia, Paul. <laughs> and um, John. John got it. Uh, he did uh, one of John's favorite movies, Sicario. Huh? Blade Runner, 20, Blade Runner 2049 is, is really good. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Um, Arrival? I'm I'm excited for this. This is definitely something that I will see once I feel comfortable going to a movie theater, even though I've heard it's not that bad. Because someone I know went to go see Tenet, and I asked, like, oh, like, how was it? And she was like, oh, it was really good, but I have to go to see it again because I was confused by it. And I'm like, cool, Christopher Nolan movie. But my next question was like, well, what was the theater going experience like? And apparently there were only like five groups of people in the entire theater. And when I say groups of people, I mean, like, oh, like, you know, a group of three here, two people sitting over here. So like you were still spaced out enough. But um, yeah, dude looks really cool. Uh, I don't know what I don't want to say because it still looks like Dune. I was a little thrown by the soundtrack being uh, Pink, Flo- like a remix of Pink Floyd, Eclipse of the Moon. Uh, I'm like, 
this is this is from Dark Side of the Moon. I don't know this. It's like the last song on the album, and I only know that because you know, uh, trying to watch Wizard of Oz and watch and listening to that soundtrack together. Um, I've done that, but I'm not a Pink Floyd fan, so mm-hmm. I recognize the song, but I I don't know the name of it. But, or anything. but you know, I think the trailer gave us all the hits, everything we were looking for. We got the worm. Needed yeah. to see that. We needed to see the box. You know, you, you get the the line "Fear is the mind killer." Like, yep. You get to see people in the uh, desert suits, the Freemans, the, right? The yep. Fremen. Yeah, they have like the, the nose apparatus thing, mm-hmm. like to it, recapture the moisture. It, moisture it checks all the the dune boxes. Like they have like the weird holographic armor on. Oh uh, yeah, because it slows down anything that's moving fast. So only the blades, you know, slow moving blade can pierce it. To keep you safe from and it's got a great. It has an, a great cast. Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It looks great. It really does look. For Dune, it looks great. Great. <laughs> um, I had a moment when I was watching the trailer. I was like, "Man, you know, what movie also is on like a desert planet that I kind of liked. John Carter of Mars, like." I watched it on Disney Plus. Didn't hate it. I think that movie uh, <laughs> probably is better than people give it credit for. Prove me wrong, Internet. But yeah, yeah, I'll watch it because I sat through Halloween Town. Like it's that. better than Halloween Town. It, it it um, it's very close to the book. Like I really enjoyed it because it was so close to the book. It did a really good job. So uh, yeah, I don't know why people were upset a bit about it. Either, I mean, it just didn't didn't do anything. But do we have anything else? Any other uh, news stories that kind of popped into people's minds? I think I sent you the two things that uh, that we talked about. Okay, we, we had some surprises. We had some laughs. We had some tears. Oh, I think that's a successful uh, weekend, geek guys. Good job. That's the yeah. end of the show, right? We can wrap it up. Paul, Paul we, already we, said that we like the trade, yeah, we so could. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, I don't know your feelings. Well, Paul, how do you feel about your next beer? Ooh, my next beer. I would have to run to the basement and grab it, so let's do that. Oh. And I'm back from the basement. Uh, I got the Hamburg Southtown Stout. This is a stout that's only 4.5% alcohol by volume. This is a light boy. Um... And it's tastes almost exactly like that one non-alcoholic stout that I had, where it's just big malt, kind of a little bit of roastiness on it. Yeah, uh, doesn't have that creamy mouthfeel. It's just it's not quite as watery as that non-alcoholic one that I had from uh, Doghouse. Was it Dog Brew Dog Brew Dog? That's that's the name of it. Um, and yeah, I it's a toss-up between these two right now, like. This is a little bit better, but it's low alcohol, 4.5, so I know that's like a little bit more than your standard like blue light, but it's low alcohol for us, uh, because we're professionals, or at least rec league. Yeah. Even, even before we were professionals, I had 12 or 13 Labette Blues at a bar on uh, Allen one day. I was like, yeah, fine, I can try a pull. <laughs> But yeah, I would. Uh, th- didn't they have stout in that uh, the rec league black uh, black IPA? 
a black IPA. I enjoyed that more. Yeah, it was great. Than, uh, this one here. I picked up uh, the new Hamburg variety pack, the party oh. pack, because they had a bunch of low alcohol. How's that new seltzer that's not a seltzer? It's a sour beer. I, I didn't have it yet, because that's 5.1, so I'm waiting mm. to get that. I mean, it's almost no, 9 o'clock. I already you got two phone calls should. today, so I'm not no. I'm not pushing any boundaries. I'm not taking any oh. risks. Mm. Pushing boundaries, pushing buttons. And I'm going to push the button on the podcast that makes John talk about his next year. Oh. So I am having an Indian Pal Al. And this is Laser Snake from Three Floyds. Uh, yeah, boys. Uh, New York State now gets Three Floyds. Maybe pretty, I get the, what big. was it, Zombie Dust? Is that the one that? Zombie Dust, yeah. I, lost their shit over her and I was like, yeah, it's not great. It's still good. I I still I'd like. I'd be okay it. with going back to it because I think when we had that, I still wasn't into. I'm still not into the really, chase so. beers. Like if I have to really chase um, for it, then you know, like okay, if I find it and I get it, cool. But well, I, I've never had one, and I'm like, oh, it's so much better. Except for the Voodoo Barrel Age Collection, those are worth it. Those are really good. Those those yep. Um, but this is one of their uh, IPAs that came to New York. Uh, and this is Laser Snake. Um, what do they say here? Laser Snake is a good old-fashioned Indiana Pale Ale brewed with special Bavarian hops to give Laser Snake its smooth, non-filtered appeal to all craft beer and macro enthusiasts. And uh, it is really good. It's it's one of those beers that you just there's no wow to it, but it's one of those beers you just want to keep going back to drinking because it stays on your palate, stays on your tongue, and it kind of hits different peaks. Like it's got a little bit of the bitterness in the back end, but has a sweetness on or a, a bitterness in the middle, and then on the back end, this nice little sweetness that when you finish it, you go. Yeah, I like to take another sip. And it is just a really nice, uh, just a really nice drinking beer. Um, and that's what I have to say about the zombie dust, too. It's it's not blowing you out with flavors like it did in the past because there wasn't a Pale Ale that tasted like that. It's just a really good drinking beer. When I got home, I opened it up and I took a sip and said, yeah, that was still good beer. Caitlin took a sip. I went in the other room while she was cooking and played with my son. And then she brought like dinner into the dining room. And I was like, oh, I'll go grab my beer. And she's like, no, I drank it. And I was like, I was like oh, well, that's okay. Uh, you liked it. She's like, it was just a good cooking beer. Like, it's that thing I had on the side of the stove while I was stirring the pot, going like, mm, I'm going to have another Ooh, idea for a not episode. Cooking beer. Cooking or cleaning beers. Like those beers that you just like to have next to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went and opened another one and I took a sip and I was like, yeah, it's it's just a really good beer to have on hand to drink. And um, the only problem is it's a little pricey for just that. Um, I think the six pack is twelve ninety nine, which isn't bad, but it's a dollar more than Sloop Juice Bomb. And if I was just going to have a six pack in the fridge, 
I'd sp- I'd spend it on juice bomb. But I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking laser fish and snake. And, <laughs> laser uh, fish and snake. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I bet it's something from Cider. It is from Cider. I already talked about it at the beginning of the show. Thank you for paying attention. I told you beforehand. Um, but from Cider Brewing, this is their Citronaut. Uh, this is a 100% Citra India Pale Ale. And this is something I think they brew maybe every year because I've seen this logo, the little orange guy on t-shirts and tote bags that they actually sell at the brewery. Um, so I think it might be kind of one, not like a limited edition, but like, you know, like a seasonal limited release kind of beer that they put out uh, every so often. Uh, fun fact, the other day was my one year anniversary of actually going to Cyber for the first time because it popped up on my Instagram stories. Uh, but yeah, Citronaut, uh, 6.5% ABV, all Citra hops going to this IPA. And John, this is kind of what you were saying. This is just a nice, drinkable IPA. I checked into this at a 3.5 on Untapped. And I stand by that rating. It's great. It's drinkable. It It is what it is. It's got that kind of nice, like, citrus rind bite to it. Like, you're just biting into an orange. And then, like, oh, wait, I got to gotta unpeel this first. Sorry. Car going past with sirens on. Um, <laughs> Car going past with sirens on. It's happening. John's in a really um, funny, goofy mood. He's saying that I'm punchy, but he's like... You're punchy, everything. he's goofy, it happens. He's just loopy. Um, he just loves everything right now. It's great. It, it's a really good, drinkable IPA. Uh, the one I'm going to be having later is a lot better. But that's of no fault of Citronos because, yeah, this is just a nice... Like citrus punch in the mouth kind of IPA. Like I can't fault it. Like this is really good. It's not one of my favorite IPAs from Sideward, but I could see this being one of those things. Like next year when Citronaut comes out again, if that's how they do it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll grab another four pack of it because it's a nice, crisp, citrus rindy. It's a, drinkable beer. It sounds, it sounds like it would be great to have like while you're cleaning the house. You know, just have mm. it on the side, maybe. Yeah, just have it while you're cleaning or uh, cooking. Yeah. Why not? But you know what else we like to have around? Books that... The books that I'm we're looking forward to coming up. This week, next week, it's technically next week when we record this. It's this week when you're listening to it. This is the list for September 16th, 2020. <laughs> I don't know. Paul! I don't know about you guys, but I don't like having comic books all stacked around anymore, so I'm buying this digitally. Uh, and this is... I'm picking it because it has Havoc on the cover. That's that's the only reason. And it's Hillian... I said it was going to be an X-Factor book. It's, it's not wrong. You're not quite wrong. Uh, it's Hellions number four. Uh, this is being written... In a, <laughs> this is... Being, but, uh, one, no, two, or three? No, Have you read no, those? But, Havoc's but number four has Havoc on, on the cover. cover. I can jump in. Havoc stands alone. Boom. In bold letters. That's what that's what the uh, previews is telling me. And this story is being written by Zeb Wells and uh, Jonathan Hickman. So how can I go wrong? Hmm. 
What I love is we're gonna have to we're gonna read this for the podcast for the look back. I'm gonna love it, and we're just <laughs> and we're just gonna be like, well, it'd be good if we had uh, you know context like the first three. No, you get, it's a Marvel book, so that first page will catch you right up. Come on, Jan, you know that. And what what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking for a new number one from Image Comics, and this is called Stillwater. This is written by Chip Zardisky and uh, art by Raymond K. Perez. Uh, Raymond K. Perez, if you guys remember, did that Jim yeah, Henson's Sands Tale of, of yeah, Sand. Um, so this book takes place in a town called Stillwater, where it's not just a promise, it's a threat that uh, nobody dies in this town. And the two of these, right, uh, the This team is teaming up together to dive into the world of horror and intrigue in this new ongoing. um, So I enjoy Chip Zardisky. I enjoy horror books with intrigue. And um, I think I when we reviewed um, Tales of Sand, it was an artist that I wanted to continue to pick stuff up by because he has such a unique style. And he's not someone you see on books. Um, so I would pick it up just because of uh, Raymond K. Perez and see what he's uh, he's doing. Chris? Uh, today I did a little bit of a comicsology cleanout. I went through all the books that I had in my account. And I moved a lot of them over to my archive, which is... Just to say that they're not going to appear on my main screen when I go to look through the books that I currently have, like, owned. Uh, And after I did that, I was like, well, let me go through all the series that I want to continue reading and add those to my wish list. Because I've been really bad about buying comic books. And one of the things that I added into my wish list was the actual Batman book. Because we still have the Joker War kind of mini crossover event going on. Uh, The Joker was actually being told through the Batman title proper with some kind of spinoffs being told in the ancillary Batman books, you know, your detective comics, Joker, Batgirl, all that stuff. But those are just tie-ins and they say you don't need to read them. Uh, But with Batman number nine written, sorry, number 99 written by James Tinney and the fourth art by Jorge Jimenez, we're getting the fifth part of the story. And we read the first part a while ago uh, with Batman number 95. John, you picked that one up. And I actually really enjoyed that. And we saw Punchline appear in the Joker 80th anniversary special. And I really miss being a Batman fan, I guess. Uh, so I added the last four issues of Batman to my wish list, and I'm going to pick these up so I can sit down and kind of read them all while I'm on vacation from work. Uh I'm just reading Batman, guys. So I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to make an afternoon of trying to catch up on all this stuff because I really like my Batman crossovers. And it's been a while since I've kind of had one of those going on that I look forward to picking up each chapter of. Nice. That's it. And now, a dramatic reading from Batman. The adventures continue. Issue 2, page 16, panel 2. 
So is the freaking bat. And that was Batman. The animated series continues. I messed that up. Issue 2, <laughs> panel 16, <laughs> panel 2. I'm uh, <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, but if you want to see that panel, make sure you follow us over on Instagram. I'm going to put that up so you can check it out. Uh, really want to be better. So follow us over on Instagram. Bagging board. We do things there as well as on our Facebook and Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Social media, that's the thing that we talk about. Mm-hmm. But you know what we also talk about? The, the not trading policy, but the trade that we read that wasn't a trade. It's an original graphic novel. Yes. Because it's a zero issue. It's a zero issue, but man, is it a long one. And also, man, is it a good one? There's there's two things that are wrong with this firepower zero issue trade. One, that it's a zero issue and wasn't part of the ongoing Mm -hmm. series. And two, it ends at the best point of the zero issue. Like, it's... There's, like, all of a sudden, you're like, man, I am so in this book. I love it. And then, boom, it just goes into what the series is. I'll pick up... I think I'll pick up the rest of the series... At least in mm-hmm. trade. I don't know if I'll keep going issue to issue. Because I want to know more about this book. I really like this book. And this takes our hero, Owen, who has traveled into the Himalayas or some mountain region to find this Grand Master. Because he's studied from all these other masters who have then sent him on to another master. And now he's looking for this final master to get some kind of get the answers that he's looking for mainly on who his parents are um and he's really good at karate or kung fu or whatever you want to say and he's good enough to stay in this mythical monk monastery training that's on top of the mountain what have you so it's on top of the mountain. Air. As I was reading this book, I'm like, oh, he's just a more likable Iron Fist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, as soon as he was in those mountains and he reached, like, a tropical place where the guy's like, oh, oh you want to change to the fire, fi- the fire Fist? It's like, oh, yeah, it's like Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, I, I like this book a lot. I I really enjoyed this version of the story. I liked what we got in um, the number one, but it didn't grab me as this book grabbed me. And I just, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I I'm going to go one better and say I love this book because everything that was in that number one I liked, but I went into it just feeling like, well, I've missed something. I've missed something. And actually reading this graphic novel let me know what I had missed out on. And after I finished it, reading that number one again, because it jumps to 15 years later where Owen's 
back at home. He gave everything up. And now we're going to be seeing not so much what happened in those you know past 15 years because we haven't read number two yet. Spoilers, I really want to, and I'm going to, whether you want to buy it or not. Um, I now care about this character. And when we read number one, I like seeing that kind of family aspect to it where it's like, no, he had this life that you don't know about. He gave it up. Now he's just, you know, lighting the grill, having like the family sit down dinner. But now those moments have weight where it's not just like, oh, this is some random ninja washing him from the tree. Now I know, well, this is a member of the Scorched Earth clan. That's kind of the sworn enemy to the like the Fire Fist clan. The person that he's running into is not just some other random like martial artist. This is basically the guy that made his life a living hell when he was trying to train with Master Weilun. Like reading the graphic novel added so much weight to that number one. That it's silly that it was a zero yeah. issue and not it, part of the series. If they had just put out like Firepower number one, I'm sure we would have read it and we would have been like, man, can't wait for number two instead of being like, oh, well, now we have to read number zero. We'll let uh, you know how you, we feel after that. Paul? Yeah, I felt like I'm glad it was in a trade. Like, because this is the getting to the training montages, basically, were all kind of happening here. His life at the monastery. I'm glad it went quickly. And it was, it did have that Kirkman charm to it with some of the dialogue. And I was looking for, yeah. I was kind of scrolling through trying to find some of those, you know, Kirkman tidbits. You know, you got the martial arts of his master that loves, you know, that's like, you know, as soon as he, you're accepted to be there, he'll go through your bag and like, oh, what stuff did you bring me? He's like, oh, this is mine now. This iPod. And he's like, any chewing, any yeah. chewing gum? He's like, I know what an then, iPod is. I just was wondering if it was broken or needed charging. And like, uh, and, but then he's also like, oh, I hope you're, the music you listen to is not crap. <laughs> and he likes Radiohead. He, loves, he likes Radiohead. He's like, oh, I'm glad they're still <laughs> making music. It's those little moments. Like, he didn't get to King and as he, That's why. Once he gets to King as, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's him walking around giving Owen the tour of, you know, their their training grounds. And he walks up and like, oh, and this is the Dragon Guard. That's really the moment that caught me, where it's like, well, no, I didn't say there was a dragon in there. That's, that's what you inferred. That's that charm that you were talking about. I was like, okay, like, before that I was on board, but that's really the moment <clears throat> that kind of just sealed it for me. Uh, I like the, uh, oh, and this is our water. It's oh, yeah. the sweetest water around. Oh, uh, you mean like, it's just like really pure. He's like, no, it's sweet. It's, it tastes like candy. Try it. And then he tries and he's like, man, you're gullible. And just yeah. like walks away. And like, like he said, like he's got, he's got like shorts on a t-shirt and then he's like, got, like Nike, like jump man's on a master's robe and a ball cap. You know, and he's just, um, yeah, the the charm of this book is really there. And there was great charm in the issue one with his family, like when his family, when he's racing his daughter and they're shopping together. Like all of those things, there's there's charm. And then Chris Omni's art is just 
fantastic in this book. Um, I loved every bit of it. And even like when he's showing like the arrows being shot and the guy spins yeah. it around on his bow to fire back. And then the guy does it and fires back. And, and then that, that great line of like, well, he's mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs> he just did what I did. Yeah. He's pretty good. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's really, it's really good. And like it, it ends with Owen performing the thing that can't be done using that fireball and saving, you know, saving his master, saving every, every, the The temple, the temple from being attacked. And you're like, man, I just want more of this. And then it jumps to 15 years. And you're like, man, no, I could read two more graphic novels of him fighting the scorched earth and being at the temple. I can see where they're going and then they're going to sprinkle in that as it goes. But I still just don't understand why this was a zero issue that didn't seem, I bought issue one because it was promoted and I was like, Oh, what an awesome book, Chris Omni and Robert Kirkman. And it's like a Kung Fu fireball throwing dude. Yeah. This'll be really cool. And then I'm you, you miss more than half of it because it's a zero issue. Granted, it was cheap. What was it like three ninety nine for the hundred and forty pages or whatever? Was it that long? I I, I don't know. I don't uh, look it up because but, while you're looking up, it was a really quick read, and I don't see that to belittle the storytelling in the writing or the art, but I was just like chugging along on this book because it's all very fun and enjoyable. And one fifty five. Okay. Not bad. Well, like, post- that's, yeah, that's with postcards and everything else. And there are some double page spreads in here as well. So this was probably a longer trade, even than one fifty five. Because the digital reads the double page spreads is just one page. So I'm sorry. That was that was a correction that didn't need to be made. No, it's okay. Um, it's hard to talk about this book without just being like, man, it's great. You should read it. Um, I was like texting my girlfriend earlier about like, oh, you know, I'm sitting down and reading this book. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to make you read this. And I wanted to like screenshot a page to send it just to be like, no, like here's how good it is. And me flipping through it to try to find something to say, like, no, this is what lies at this heart, like the heart of the book. This is why you need to read it. I went through the entire book again. Because mm-hmm. it just, everything about this book just, it clicks so well. And I, I wish I didn't have to go back after reading number one. And granted, after reading this, I did go back into number one. And have that information. And ultimately, like, that made me enjoy that number one so much more. Uh, I, I don't know how to stretch out this review and discussion of the book anymore. So we can talk about, like, our next mirror. Be- because it's very succinct. Just say, no, this is a great comic book. People should be reading this. If it's not on your radar, it should be. 
I mean, ahead, keep on say, Johnny, you kept on saying like this. This it shouldn't be a, a zero issue. You wish there was more of it. Would you like another prelude to this book where he's going from temple to temple? Like one, because he goes to like five different temples. That's five different issues you could have had him at one at each temple. No, I liked him okay. here. I liked Crawling him. Mountain. I liked him. I liked him with everybody because he also like there would have been a. I think there would have been a lot more of him trying to be uh, trying to fight and failing or being good and blah blah blah. Like at this point, he's mastered like five different yeah. kung fu's that all have been taught by the guy that he's fighting in that first issue or that the the, the master mm-hmm. of this temple um and then you know he's got that oh I'm a fast learner like where'd you learn that move like you two moves ago like I liked all of that and his cheekiness because he is such a good fighter that mm-hmm. he's got this little bit of like He's got this cheeky air to him. And well, even like the Even when he's kind of like spouting off those little like bits of knowledge that he's learned from other people. It's I think you nail it when you say like cheekiness, because it's very cheeky, but then again, Paul, like you said, it's very charming. Mm-hmm. Like, it's earned. That just it, lies at just, the heart of Owen. Yeah, it's earned uh cockiness. It's because he is good and he is a fast learner, and he's able to land a punch on you know the master. Um, well, I think he he brushes his cheek. Yeah. No, that's still tough. It doesn't really hit him. him. You know. Yeah, and that's and that's what got him into the uh, the temple. Um, but even like at different points, he lists like, oh, so you know, this master said this, this master said that, and then when he gives. The guy who's been making his life hell, he gives him a shorter sentence and does it with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got his his friend who's, like, massaging him and he's got his aching muscles. And he says, like, um, you know, be kind to an opponent even though they've lost, blah, blah, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is. But- and then she's like, well, who said that? And he's like, my dad, <laughs> Little League. <laughs> a victory without compassion is hollow. Yeah. Well, who said that? My dad. He's talking about <laughs> yeah. Little League, though. Like, it just was like, it was just a really good, it just was a good line that mm-hmm. that he is, like, he is cheeky, but he is humble, and he is charming, and he, he's not, he's not, he's not yeah. a dick. And the thing is, since we read that first issue one, before we read this, we know he goes back to Texas, or wherever he's, he's from, and... You know, just lives a normal life. So there's moments where he goes to the master and he's like, you know what? I Now that you gave me the answers of who my family was, I don't know why I'm here anymore. Like, why Why am I going to keep on training? Like, I didn't come here to... I didn't want to learn how to be a karate master. You know, it's, it wasn't my goal. I just needed to find the answer. And in order to find the answer, I had to do these things so that I did it. But this is the life I actually want. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's why he goes back. Like he he finds his answer, and he wants to have that normal life. But now we know that this life will follow him to the normal one.
So before we move uh, any further, you guys ready with your next beers? And I'm sorry for sidebarring us on this, but I just want to talk about our next drinks before we get any further into this, because I think we're at a kind of good wrapping up point. Uh, but I have a, another beer from Sideward Brewing, and this is their Space Wizard. And this is their New England IPA. Um, and, man, this is just a fantastic, great, drinkable, like, juice bomb almost. Um, it's hard to find anything to, like, discount about this beer because it's just got a nice fruitiness to it. A nice little hot bitter that kind of makes you want to go back and drink more. Um my lady friend is not a beer drinker at all. She doesn't really like beer. She will drink uh, ciders and then she likes some sours. But she wants to get into drinking beer because it's something that I like. So anytime I have something, she'll like take some sips of it. Uh, when we were watching Mulan, actually, and I poured myself like the Space Wizard, she held on to the glass as we were watching the movie, and I had to kind of be like, "No, like that's my beer. Like I, I <laughs> want it it's, back. It's, it's mine." <laughs> and again, she doesn't drink beer, and one of those things like people don't drink beer. As soon as they find out that you are someone that likes to drink beer, they're like, "Oh, I don't like IPAs." Well, Space Wizard, it's it's an IPA, like, mm-hmm. but you like it. Um, so I think this beer transcends what people like about IPAs. So this is great. Uh, again, when I go back to Sideward this week to pick up their triple IPA, if they still have this, I'm grabbing it. And also, I picked up two four-packs of their cider while I was there. Ooh. Those are both already gone because, man, that strawberry cider, fantastic. The thing about New England IPAs, so the thing people – I don't like hops. I don't like IPAs is so much to do with the, the bitterness of I did. IPAs. I did have to go over like the like West Coast versus like New England IPA. Like, oh, well, West Coast, it's a lot more bitter, but it's going to be like that piney, like resiny kind of hop. Um, and that's the thing about New England's is – you can put a New England in front of anyone who says they don't like beer, and they'll go, "Oh, I, I, I like that. Like the juiciness that is there. There isn't really that strong bitter. There is a slight bitter, but it's not like it's so faint. But it's like a West Coast or you know your regular style IPA. Like if you think about your tongue, is like kind of harsh on your tongue." where New England is very, like, just rounded and soft on it. And that's why, like, people who don't like beers, you give them a New England and they'll like it. Um, It was like that time when we were in our first time at uh, Angry Chair. And that lady was like, I don't know, I drink lagers. And the guy gave her their double IPA. Well, it was a New England IPA, so of course, like she's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I like that," and he's like, "Yeah," and he said, "Anytime people say they don't know what they want, <laughs> I always give them the double IPA because it's a if you like juice, you like a New England." And I too am a drinking a New England. 
And this is from Other Half Brewery. This is broccoli, double dry hopped, 7.9%. And this was canned uh, on the 7th, so just uh, five days ago. Um, Super juicy, super soft on the palate, like I said. Um, Absolutely delicious. I think maybe a month ago, month and a half ago, I had regular broccoli. Um, the double dry hopped is even better. Um, this is four, four point two five out of five. Like just so flavorful, way too smooth for being seven point nine percent. Seven point nine percent is way too high for me to go. Uh, I'm actually drinking something that I've had on the show before. This is Hamburg's Blackberry Goza. It's uh, three point eight percent, and I still think the Gozas, those uh, those uh, sour that style the sour is a great way to go if you're looking for low ABV. Uh, they pack a lot of flavor. They got that tartness. They got that a little bit of vinegary sourness. You know, it'll make you pucker a little bit. Hits you on the back of the mouth um really good i i feel like i wish i could get down making drinking vinegars or shrubs as they call them in a mixology i guess um because i think i could do similar stuff with just drinking vinegars and club soda and get a similar you know taste profile without any kind of alcohol um i'm going to keep on working out that i did a blueberry shrub once and it turned out okay but it, you know, it's balancing that sugar and that sour together when you're making the drinking vinegars. Um, so it didn't turn out quite right. It was a little too sweet. I didn't balance it right. Um, but more excitingly, I did have. But but Paul, remind me off show to talk more about the drinking vinegars because I'd like to talk <laughs> to you about that. Uh, but I did have something more exciting, and that was Southern Tears. Uh, pumpkin whiskey. Uh, Southern Tears had Ooh, a dist- Tell me more. Tell me more. Southern Tears had a distillery for a number of years. This is the first year that they decided to bring pumpkin to the distillery. I uh, just had a quick sip of it. It's very sugary. It's very sweet. Like it's so sugary that when we, it was a brand new bottle, opened it up and it had that you know little bit of crystallization from the sugary kind of thing happening. Um, on the top of the bottle lid, bottle cover. Did you ask if they could scrape that off as like a rock candy? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, <laughs> if you drip, drip a string in it, put it out in the sunlight, you know, you'll eventually get there, right? Um, but yeah, it was, it had a nice, you know, that cinnamon, uh, all the pumpkin spice flavors to it. I didn't get much pumpkin. I just got a sweetness to it. I think it would be interesting to put in coffee. I think it would be interesting. Uh, the person that had the bottle, they, they uh, she suggested uh, making a hot toddy with it, which would be really good. Because I would want something bitter to balance out all that sweet because it's so sugary. It's as sugary as uh, Fireball. Like, that's mm-hmm. the level of sweetness I put it up there. you know. And also, that's a flavored whiskey as well, so... I think it's worth the price. I think uh, she said she bought it at the distillery for twenty six bottles, or twenty six dollars a piece. Wow, that's I a know, lot of bottles to trade in <laughs> for, yeah. for twenty six dollars per bottle. 
That's what I meant to say, and I stopped. But that's not bad. Like yeah. that's so, uh, and I think you can find it at Premier and uh, you know places around here for I think thirty, thirty-two. So, if I see it, I probably will pick it up um, just to have around for this time of year. I think if I wanted to go crazy, you know, put it in some apple cider with some butter, uh, butter, uh, butterscotch schnapps, it would mm-hmm. kick up that sugar way high. Uh, but you know, sometimes you want a dessert drink. Sure. Yeah, I, I, like you said, put it in cider, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds good." My problem: I would buy this if I was going to have a normal Thanksgiving mm-hmm. this year, where I, my whole family would be getting together because everybody would mm-hmm. try it. Everybody would maybe put it with cider or have it on its own or do something with it. But the fact that I'm not going to have that and it's going to be very, it's, you know, everybody's got small little bubbles of, of who they're seeing with, with COVID. Like I would buy it and I think I'd have a couple shots mm-hmm. of it, maybe sitting out on the porch. It would be ha- or having a, or yeah. having a fire. It, like you didn't, you didn't sell it yeah. to me, Paul. And, um, is it, do you think it would be worth having in your liquor cabinet? It's a novelty. It's one of those ones that you would, if you're okay with creme de mint and stuff like that, and you, you, you want to play around with it, like it's a sugary novelty, uh, drink. And I think there's enough uses for it that would be, that it would go pretty quick. You like the peanut butter, the screwball. Don't you like the screwball whiskey? The peanut butter whiskey? I I don't even know what you're talking There's about. There's a peanut butter flavored whiskey. It's called like screwball whiskey. Paul, Paul, do you have other Never friends? Never heard of it. <laughs> Maybe. Paul, are you, Paul, what are you is, cheating on us? How does this start happening? <laughs> Paul, we already made, we already made you make all your other friends friends with us. <laughs> and now you got new friends that you haven't introduced to us? You want to keep them all to yourself? Yeah. Yeah, you have friends that aren't my friends. You both have friends that aren't my friends. You're embarrassed by me. That's just because I live in Florida, Paul. Paul, I bring you into every fold that I have. true. I found some croutons that way. Mm. Aww. (laughs) Soggy, it's soggy bread. You found some soggy bread. (laughs) I like that joke, I'm sorry. That's, That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love the non plus look that Chris has right now. It's like I, I just I don't get go. the reference. <laughs> I don't either. Anyways, uh, so firepower. Um I felt like we were at a good kind of pausing point to talk about the next beer because we do have the next two issues out now. Where do you want this? book to go from here on out because this book for me is kind of hitting a lot of the same notes that Invincible did where it's like you know the superhero book but it has that family aspect to it and then some heart mm-hmm. and I really want more of that kind of family story set amongst this like crazy kind of warring like martial arts like mysticism like clans uh, where I want to get it to go is to give me a little bit more flashbacks. 
Mm-hmm. So I understand. Like, I can see the beginning of the thread of why he leaves. But I also think that there has to be more to it than just like, oh, well, I don't really belong here. Because after he does the fireball, there's a reason for him to stay, which is to train all other people on how to do the cool fireball. But then there's also or, a reason for him to leave because he's kind of got the answers he was looking for with his family that happened to tie into the Scorched Earth Clan, which is the Fire Fist's mm-hmm. arch, arch enemy. And somebody kills the Master, and well, they believe no, that he did it. No, the Master just left, like he did. Someone kills his, like, the pair oh, the, the like, girl? I, I, Zan something. I can't remember her name. Uh, but they blamed him oh, for Oh, she's it. killed. Yeah. Oh, but they found the body burned, mm-hmm. which is see. I think she's. I think she's going to be the big bad. Oh, she's so she's sweet though. In this, I don't know. I don't want. I know. I don't want to see it, but that's also a very Robert Kirkman thing. I'd be like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, do you think because he can do the fireball, that's why the master leaves? It's like, oh, he's the new guy. I can go. He can do it. I mean, it could be that. It could also be like he ultimately failed when that's like the Scorched Earth Clan like attacked again. So he's just kind of like, well, what am I doing here? I can't. I can't protect my own people. Uh, yeah, I've gotten too old. I've gotten he's too old. He's been doing it for over fifty years at that that post, the melting post. It's been, uh, you know, sitting there. Well, and that, I mean, that's the thing. So, like, when he, when Owen's been giving the, been, when he's being given the tour, they point out a statue of the master who started the Mm -hmm. clan or whatever they want to call it. And he says, like, it says that he'll return when they're under attack and he's needed, when he's needed Mm -hmm. again. And, the master's being defeated, and Owen has that moment of like, eh, it'd be great if you'd show up. Yeah. And then he's been given that power, so he's he's that now I master that's master. shown. Now I'm the master I've shown back up, so I can see that, like that being him being like, well, you're you're the supposed to be here. So I I like I I had said in the beginning, I would pick this up and trade. Chris said that he would eat, read issue one or two. I went to look up to see what prices they were at, and they were at one ninety nine and two ninety nine. So I bought them. So I'll, as long as two and three, and I want to go back and reread one. As long as if I'm still liking it, I'll keep buying it. Uh, I I will be reading two and three tonight. Like as soon as we finish this, like. I'm super amped to just go and read those. Now that I have like that backstory in the lead up to number one, I, I just feel cheated that image didn't put these out. And like, a, I don't want to say a normal way, but they were, it, it was, it was just really bizarre how they did. I think the original graphic novel was released to comics stores only at first. 
So that way, it was so because Robert Cookman wanted to give you know the local, your friendly local comic shop, you know, a little bit of a boost. Like, hey, you know, it's not going to be digital. And then issue one, you know, got COVIDed, scheduled out of existence for a while there, and I think that's kind of what happened. So it was a mix of like being a special thing just for local comic bookstores, and then COVID happening. And the whole you know, like plan falling apart, and then them coming digitally. So much later, which we call. I mean, things are changing. I mean, comic books, movies—we talked about it at the front of the show. But I feel like Image really dropped the ball with that zero graphic novel. Because if I had known about it beforehand. I wouldn't check that out. Like I didn't know about it until we were reading number one, though. Mm-hmm. And like for the most part, we don't get previews anymore. We don't get a big book where we are looking at months down the line. But we usually before the show, we all go, "Oh, I forgot to pick my book," and the other two guy go, "Other two guys go, yeah." Oh, well, so did we. And this is a book when. Both Chris and I saw it. We went, "Oh, this is the book." It we has want. havoc on the cover. Like Kirk- <laughs> <laughs> Kirkman, uh, Chris, Chris Omni, and it's like a kung fu story. Like Chris and I were both like, "Yeah, we want to, we want to do this." If the zero issue was there for us to see, because we look through all, you know, we look through everything, like it. The zero issue wasn't there. We would have caught this sooner, and we would have reviewed that. But it's just kind of bizarre how how it came out, and it did the series. I it just a disservice. Yeah. But we're reading it now, so oh, we're reading it now. But man, I would have been hyped to read this like two, three months ago when it came out, yeah. and you know. We could have read, you know, one, two, and three at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's. A, I, I'm still glad that this first story was all in one trade because I think I because it was differently paced than an actual trade too. Because I'm like, oh, I I have to be near the first, the end of the first issue here. Like as I was scrolling past, I'm like, okay, he beat up the master. He's able to come in. Like, he's sitting down. I'm like, oh, I must be at the end. And it was all one just continuously flowed story where there wasn't those... There was no cliffhangers in between. There wasn't any kind of break. And I'm glad it was paced that way as a graphic novel. 155 pages. There was probably 8 to 10 pages that are just, like, almost blank pages because it's like... The cover, the inside piece, the blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it wasn't actual, like, anything happening on the page or in the end. It's like, you scroll, it's a picture of the mountain. You scroll, it says the end, and it's Owen with his backpack. You scroll, and it says, Robin Kirkman did this. So you get probably 140 pages of story. And there's a lot of pages that don't have any dialogue on them. So if you paid 399 
and you went through this issue and charming everything like I love everything about it, but at the same time, you're like, I paid three ninety nine. There's Chris Omni art all over it. Lo- but there's no, that there's story. not a lot of, there's not a lot of, not a lot of dialogue. No, he's getting buried in a and mountain. You could easily Chris Omni makes it look awesome. <laughs> oh, like there's a moment uh, where like after um, sorry Owen, man, I'm, he get no, I'm, you, you're starting to think because I I'm right there with you because there's a moment where he's you know, dying on the mountainside and he's visited by the butterfly that's like leading him up. And then he trips over the stairs for like, that's good storytelling. Like that was a moment that I'm like, no, this is the lead up to him actually doing what he's supposed to be doing, but it still hits. And then it's re not revisit, but it's hit upon later where like, he sees the butterflies and is like, oh, are you the one that saved me? And it's, it's a great book, guys. Read this. I didn't need, yeah, I didn't need no, Owen to lift up his finger and go and say to the butterfly, where did you come from? Lead the way, little one. Like, you get you it. get it. In, in Chris Omni's art. Yeah. Um, because Chris Omni, his art does that. My point was, you have this book that doesn't have a lot of dialogue in it and you would feel like you were missing something but there's enough going on in all those pages where there isn't any dialogue and it is because of storytelling and it is because of the art that you would feel like you did get your money's worth or sometimes you would feel like you didn't I'm sorry there might not have been enough going on in those pages but with Chris Omni's art it just everything is nailed like there's a reason he's probably one of our favorite artists on this podcast. Like Chris Omni does amazing work. Oh yeah. I have, I have bought the entire series of what was the one he did with Brian K. Vaughn? I want to say umbrella girls, but alpha, uh, the alpha. Wait, was it? No, the Marvel one. No, 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 no. It's, it's the one where the, the time traveling, and it's like the paper girls. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh, I fell off of that. I've I've bought the entire series. I just haven't read them all. Like I I I think past this first trade, I haven't read them. I read the first six issues, but I've continued to buy the entire series. I just never got around to reading it. And then I was like, well, I got to stop buying issues. I I didn't read it. And then they came out in trades, and they were on sale, and I was like, well, I should probably, I'll just buy them. I, and then when the series ended, I was like, well, I gotta make sure I got them all. I need to go back and reread that. Yeah. Because, yeah, that it, book it, it was kept great. Getting, it was beautiful, and it's Chris Omni art. Like, come on. Get over yourself, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were saying that, you know, if it was released as single issues for three ninety nine with... It was not a lot of dialogue. You would have felt cheated. My, and I'm like, no. My point was, you would, you, yeah, I, I was leading to that. Like, you would feel cheated. But because of the art and the storytelling, you don't feel that way. So I was, it did seem I was going one way, but oh, I was going to go the other. I was not with you on that swerve. I'm like, you're going he off swerved. a swerve. No, no we gotta, I know. We got to save us. Yeah. We got to get yeah, back on the road. Yeah. Yeah, he stepped yeah, all over my shit. You know what I did there? I did a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. What did you say? Because you didn't say it you right. Did not. 
Pacapaya, I think is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah? You want to no. try it again, that Paul? That was going to be the third time that I did that on the podcast, and that was it. Oh, uh, and then you said I'm a Beetlejuice. Uh, Paul, I don't think, I think it's been a lot more times than three. No, no, uh, I'll, I edit it, so, therefore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's summation, like, everyone should probably be reading Firepower. By Robert Kirkman and Chris Sonny, because, yeah, it's great. And it's fun, and it's not depressing like The Walking Dead. I I think it'd be fun for us to go back and listen to us reviewing issue one, because we're all over the place. Like, we liked it, but we didn't like it. It's missing something. We liked it, but we didn't like it because we didn't know what we had missed. Yeah. Um, So it's it's really... It's really... As I said, they did a disservice to this book by the way they launched it. I fully agree. We're there now. And you're there with us because you listened to the review and now you've gone back and read that book, bought that book, read that OGN. You're in it. You're going to be reading issues one, two, and three, just like John, Chris, and myself. And while you're doing that, when you take a break... Grab yourself a beer. That was a lot of reading you just did, and you deserve it, listener. And then, you deserve it. No, I already said there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of pictures. But you're sitting there. You're you're drinking it in like the beer that you're buying. And and then, when you crack open that beer to reward yourself, reward us a little bit by leaving, leaving us a rating and a review. You know? Just, you know, just pay it forward. That's all we're asking. Yeah, we do those things. Listen to us. Like us, rate us, review us, follow us on all of our shit, because we're on those things. The things that you're on, we're on those things, too. And Chris is putting Throw in the hours. Phone. He's putting in the work. He's finding those. It's not hours. But yeah, I like I like doing stuff and making content, and I want to do more of it. He's out in the news garden with backbreaking work, gathering up that news to put on the Twitter, to put... Then to process I'm, I'm it, picking those vegetables and putting them in the basket on my back. Yeah, the the Twitter basket, the Instagram basket, the Facebook basket. He's out there wheelbarrow basket, <laughs> wheelbarrows full <laughs> of that internet news. He's, ch- he's chopping those. He's chopping those vegetables. Those vegetables and putting oh, them in his paella. through vegetables. <laughs> People are getting their, their money out of ATFs and coming at them with an axe. <laughs> Chop, chop, chop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I better stop it too. <laughs> <laughs>